Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and casual movie fans talk about their own podcast for <laughs> an hour. Um, just kidding. That's not really what the show is about, but it is today because we're taking a little bit of a look back at our show. And one of the reasons is because we have been doing this. This is our 52nd episode. Woo! So congrats to us. We have been doing it for a whole year now. Um, and I wanted to take this time to kind of look back at our, I would say our experiment or our, you know, our little little dry run, our little test, um, and see kind of the things that that we've taken out of it, both as, you know, me as the quote unquote expert and you as the as the casual. Um, and, you know, I want to go back through our list of movies and talk about some of the highlights. Um, I think this month, you know, instead of doing all movies, we're actually going to do take a little bit of time to kind of digest where we've been through so far. Um, take a couple weeks, uh, maybe recalibrate a little bit or, or talk about sort of, um, how we're, how we're going to go on in the future. I mean, we'll, we'll get back to the movies, uh, after the, in a couple weeks, but, um, yeah, I want to take some time to sort of plant our flag here and uh, do this as a little, a little check mark, a little, um, you know, in video games, when you get to a, po a point where, you, you know, what is that called when you have like a, a save point? Check or whatever. Point. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, you know. yeah. You know, we're getting to this uh, to this year into our podcast, and we we should uh, we should take take a little note of it. So, um, also, just a, a quick little sidetrack um, before we get into it, but we did record an extra episode for the patrons. Um, so it is on the movie The Wild Bunch. Uh, we talk a little bit about sort of. Uh, westerns in general but yeah it's a it's a fun movie um i think we had a good discussion and if you want to uh if you want to listen to that uh please sign up for our patreon yeah all um, the infos at patreon.com slash ecfs productions get a bunch of benefits we used to well we we might still offer um commentary tracks each month as a bonus episode but we figured instead of doing a commentary track we would actually just do a full fleshed out episode so if you want to hear our thoughts on the wild bunch cameron has some good context and it's a weird movie it's definitely it's weird so we're excited for you patrons to have access again just the dollar level and you can also have other benefits and stuff at other price ranges so yeah all, all the support helps the show just listening and sharing all of it's good um we won't show very much more but if you want more of our content that's where you can find it yeah so um i've asked isaac to kind of take a look at our um episode list so far and think about the ones that he really um enjoyed just straight off the bat and i think next week we'll probably go into ones that maybe needed to take a little time uh to to sink in um and yeah i want to talk about kind of how movies change in your mind when you have more of a context of something um but for now i i want to talk about like your faves um so yeah i mean why don't you run us through you you have a list right yeah so it's we're gonna narrow it down to the top five and that's what this episode is called right the show as cameron pitches at the beginning of each episode is with someone that has a lot of context on movies showing someone that doesn't that's me i don't have a lot of context and and honestly as friends cameron and i were really excited to partake in maybe a podcast that is a little bit of an experiment right i am a bit of a lab rat in this uh scenario but it's been so neat to have this 
massively diverse like set of 51 movies this is our 52nd week right uh, and to look back on them and say, wow, like that's the one that I really remembered. I mean, just going through the list before we started recording, I was looking at a movie called The Big Sleep, which is not a bad movie by any means, but I'm looking at it. I'm like, there's just something about it that didn't stick with me. And I, I don't even remember disliking the movie. I don't think it was bad at all. I, I I like Humphrey Bogart and, you know, some of the other things I've seen him in. But yeah, like just that 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 visual like seeing the te- seeing the title and not having any sort of like spark versus the list of 10 that I have here that we're going to narrow down to 5 like these 10 I'm like oh like what a what a movie that I wish I saw sooner you know what a movie mm. that brought about like so much excitement so I'm sure we're going to talk about the ones that almost gave me a more negative reaction versus the lukewarm ones that I barely remembered and then uh this episode is all focused on the ones that obviously get me amped up and excited um as far as maybe exploring the negative ones in the in the future weeks right those that conversation as cameron was saying is gonna turn more into like an an analysis of the experiment as a show overall right so it's not just gonna be like this movie sucks like uh it's gonna be more of like why does someone who doesn't have as much movie context respond um so i'm actually really looking forward to those uh, conversations as well but I guess we can start it off Cameron I don't know if I should do it by like how like the order of our podcast existence I guess we'll go yeah we'll go all the way back um, to some of the earliest films you were showing me and yeah. now that of course that I've been chewing on a lot of different movies um, to see me still be positive on some of some of these ones with my viewing being like a limited you know scope um, it's cool that I still feel positive about some of them. Um, the first one is The Great Dictator, which I think is genuinely one of the best movies ever made and one of the most important movies that nobody has heard about, um, at least at least in, in my sphere, where you're a casual movie watcher that goes and sees Marvel films. Um, the Great Dictator has it all for being such an old movie and it's it's shocking it is shocking how uh impactful the movie is how important it is uh in its context it it's so timeless for being so old i think that's what like mm. really shook me to my core that a movie could be fun and have that like looney tune slapstick style uh and then really deliver um such a heartfelt statement uh, like around humanity and of course the historical context and trauma of world war ii and the scars that it put on the world uh and even that that you know charlie chaplin can make such um profound statements in the context of actually being in the middle of world war ii as well right yeah or even just at the at the very beginning you know seeing things sort of preemptively yeah no it's it's true well and then also like the risk to his own to his own person too you know he was someone who um you know was was very famous famous worldwide and he's openly you know criticizing someone who who has a lot of of power um and at the same time <laughs> you know i guess maybe back then it wouldn't have been considered something bad but he's he's also 
like you know he he plays hitler in in half of the movie and like you, you know there's some there's a certain amount of um of risk to that as well um yeah. so i i think there's a yeah there's a level of of it being so funny so enjoyable um and also just so you know real and relevant and and like you said heartfelt yeah i i totally agree i think the great dictator is is up there for me as well so yeah so i could i could you know go on and on about this film from the funny moments that have stuck with me like obviously the scene with hitler bouncing the world off his bum (laughs) is just unforgettable right and then that final shot where charlie chaplin being a silent actor delivers just a speech that goes beyond movies and cinema itself. Right. Yeah. Um, this, this movie needs, I, I cannot stress it. Like you need to see it. And it like, it's so sad to me that the black and white stigma that I had going into <laughs> watching movies, like that, that was really challenged by this movie. Um, Mm. and it was only like our fourth episode right 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 (laughs) at that time i was still like i don't believe in black and white movies even seeing this one right but there that was the foundation of sort of you know shaking that perception of of what it what what a great movie could be um yeah well and and one of the interesting things too i guess to talk about is like that kind of that stigma i guess for you has that like gone away completely now or is it or do you still kind of have that that initial hurdle i guess when my my main reservation with black and white films is how individuals will tamper their expectations because it's black and white and i still do it's almost like if you want to enjoy it you have to forgive it right away but i think that there are movies like the great, great dictator or or honestly um uh, like some other films we're going to talk about here, movies like Casablanca and The Apartment, which they don't need you to hold their hand. They yeah. they can stand by themselves. They're they're powerful enough. There's very few um, things that you have to excuse in in some ways. And I do think that The Great Dictator maybe has like a slapstick style that can pin it to being like a black and white movie if that makes sense um but it is still excellent like i i don't i don't know how how else to to put it um i do believe that watching black and white movies i have to give them a little bit of like a little bit of grace with some of the you know narration over like wide shots and and strange like they're strange um decisions made to kind of like like that were of that time that kind of time stamped them besides just it being black and white mm-hmm. and some of the movies that i have on this list don't have those those tropes or they have them in a minimal way i mean i think casablanca has narration to some degree i think at the beginning right when they're explaining what the bar is yeah. all about uh just a little bit but i mean like narration itself isn't necessarily bad like i think there's there's ways that it can be bad but even you know something um 
I don't know. I, I guess. Yeah. Even something like the good, like Goodfellas is, you know, it's got narration, obviously, but, um, you know, is used in a, is an, in an interesting way. I, I do, I, I do, I understand where you're coming from, but, um, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean in that there's like, um, certain affects that older movies have that are maybe a little bit more challenging to, to get into. Yeah. I would say that any of those like tropes or techniques that were used in old filmmaking that are in these movies is used so tastefully and effectively that they are not something that you have to really excuse. They're, they're used quite like, yeah, honestly, honestly, tastefully. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of like how I wanted to open with the great dictator, but we got to get through these 10 cause I want to, I also want to have a conversation about shaving them down. Um, it, it's crazy that it kind of worked out to 10. Actually, I think it's 12 because I combined some movies together. So there, there's some stuff to work through here. Uh, I have Casablanca on here. This is a movie I've only seen once that I need to see again. Um, and I've decided that I'm going to try to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It is like start to finish. I. It feels like like a, a movie that I can understand why people regard it as one of the greatest movies made. And also like it has like this quality about it. That's like cup of noodle soup esque. I don't mm. know like exactly like I haven't fully dissected this movie cause I've only watched it once. And I just remember it being a very pleasant journey with little touches of comedy, heartfelt moments again, has some scars from world war two that, are still very emotional to this day, right? Um, the scene with the like the the German army singing in the bar, and then the French immigrants yeah. singing over them is 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 awesome. And then the context that you shared on that episode has really stuck with me. But the plot um, and, and the drama revolving around the plot has you engaged throughout the film. The acting performances are endearing, and it's just. A setting that ha- that is dreamlike in, in mm. some way. The the play the the bar that um Humphrey Bogart is running like has this almost like this this feeling that you've been there and you're you're like a part of that place because it it wraps you around that setting with all these characters that bring it to life. And it's almost like sometimes this is weird, but it's like, it's almost like I've had dreams in that place, even though I've never been in it, Mm. you know, like there's something alive about this movie that I haven't quite pinned down. And, and overall, like there it's, it's got a really fun, happy ending as well. I'm not saying that a happy ending makes a movie good, but there's just such a positive spirit around this film. Um, when I saw it on the list, I was like, it's great. It's fantastic. I understand why people reference it all the time even though when i initially watched it i was like this is good it's one of those movies that i'm like no like i need to revisit it i'm excited to revisit yeah, it yeah yeah well that that's funny because that's one that that i didn't quite care for i mean i i enjoyed the first time but it wasn't like you know on the top of my list or anything yeah um that revisiting and thinking about over and over again has just like consistently become a movie that I've, that I've fallen in love with. And I think, I think you're right. There's something aesthetically that is, um, easy to, to fall in love with, I guess there's a charm to it. 
Yeah. All right. What's the next one? I put the thing down. Me too. And this is because this movie is just awesome. I don't. <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> I don't even know if it's like a excellent movie, but I just had so much enjoyment watching it. Um, and I watched it with my dad, so that was kind of fun as well. Mm. Um, the special effects are just wild. The the setup for an alien that's a shapeshifter is memorable. Again, the setting of the snow base is also one of those places that sticks with you. Kind of similar to Casablanca where it's like, I feel like I could be trapped there in, in mm. a dream. Uh, and there's just this 80s action feel that is so potent. And I think a lot of people haven't watched this movie it's yeah. so, like in our age range and i think you should i think it's and i think they'd love it like this is a movie that like we mentioned on the episode was basically like 20 years ahead of its time yeah you know like totally. it was it's a movie that that was reviled at the time but it has come back to it sort of be really loved and enjoyed um no i i totally agree this movie's awesome it's so fun so the setup and the the tension and you know the game every, every time you go back and watch it there's something new you think of there's something new you kind of piece together um and it's it's just it's just effortless like this movie is so enjoyable it's not really effortless cuz it took a lot of work obviously to to do all this but it feels effortless you know and i really so. liked how we did a double feature with thing from another planet or another world yeah. or whatever it's called a howard hawks movie I know, yeah. That movie's actually stuck with me a lot as well, but in in it's not like any sort of profound way. I was like, that that's like a monster movie that I think about. Like I took this sci-fi and horror class in, in college and I was conf- like when we watched that movie, I was confused why that wasn't included mm. uh in that class. You know, cuz to me I'm like this is a perfect example that should go up next to like the old King Kong movie and Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's better than a lot of the other movies I've watched that were like black and white in that era as well. So um, obviously, obviously that one's not going to make the list because I think the thing is a more, more of a timeless, enjoyable film. Um, But we got it. We got to give it props Uh, on at number four, because we obviously were moving through horror at this point in the show. I have the shining. This movie shocked me. uh, And and I want to thank actually Tim Smith because we watched it in this like ultra 4k like enhanced whatever like mm. remastered thing and the movie is amazing looking if you can watch it in that in that format yeah i was actually blown away about how old the movie was and how um just alive the movie looked with that remastered thing i tried watching it on streaming afterwards with uh, my girlfriend to be like oh like you've never seen it you gotta see it and the non-remastered like kind of it didn't ruin it for me but i was like you just gotta see it in the right way now like this is it turned me into somebody that wanted to watch movies the right way which i hate you know (laughs) why (laughs) um yeah again i'm that person (laughs) this this movie has something about it that like the setting is a a place that will kind of stick with you in your dreams in a way, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, Jack Nicholson in it is super off the wall. You know, he's, he's acting uh, in his prime in some regard. I just, the scene with him, like at the bar um, 
in in the ballroom is just one of the most memorable settings like that I've seen in a movie. Like it just it it, it your eyes are like just it's it's eye candy, and then he goes into the bathroom mm. with the red, and you're just like, this is amazing. Like it just looks amazing. There's such a feeling. Sometimes like for me. I can analyze a movie and I don't even like, to be honest with you, the shining doesn't really make any sense to me. It's super quirky. <laughs> it's super weird. Yeah. Um, and a little bit like pretentious in a lot of ways, but there's a feeling with it where it's like, they're hitting this creative strive. Um, and there's like this also like unnatural, like it's not like a lot of horror movies I've seen. It doesn't, it, it's very, it's I think honestly odd. you've just described every Kubrick movie. So, um <laughs> I'm pretty happy with that description. Yeah, it's, I just it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's very quirky and weird, but <laughs> uh it has a feeling to it that you just can't explain and hooks you. Yeah. I'm no, not, I think that's true. I'm not a fan of Kubrick cuz he from like just some of the context around him and him being crazy, like <laughs> I just that bothers me a lot. Um Sure, yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of a moral block for me to be like, I recommend this film, but there is something about it that like they obviously, there's obviously a ton of heart put into the film, but also, uh, you know, there's also like stories about, you know, the lead actress being really driven crazy with this role and stuff. So I don't, that's why I'm a little hesitant on this movie. I just don't like some of the, the moral side of things. And I don't know, like that, that puts a bad taste in my mouth, but otherwise like there's just so much to, to, to remember, like to remember a feeling with this movie. And, and that that's really special to me when a movie has like a feeling that is unique and unforgettable and it's, it's hitting a stride. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta give it credit. We moved into our first director month afterwards with Scorsese and um i have good fellows down in the irishman <sighs> i think i already know like my heart is with the irishman more because mm. this movie although not for everyone i've heard a lot of critiques that this movie is boring um it is it is one of the movies that has really moved me personally and not a lot of movies can do that um, it is like such a interesting retrospective, um, and I, and I think the way you presented Scorsese as well, Cameron has a lot to do with the way I responded to the film, mm -hmm. but like just it's, it's so like, I don't know how to, it's, it's hard to describe, but the ending, like you, you think it's going to be like this mob movie and there's all this you know, you're, you're expecting a crazy action, you know, crazy mob thing going on, criminals and all that. But the ending is so like contemplative about the meaning of life, you know? And I did not expect that. And yeah. it's a question that I personally, you know, strive to chew on a lot. I know, I think for some people, maybe that question is too difficult for them to relate with that. It's almost like an arm's length away, you know, um, maybe that's the blocker for this being for everyone that some people aren't ready to face that kind of questioning. 
Um, but it's it's there's... sub it's like it's subconscious. Like everyone is yeah, kind of yeah. struggling through something like that, you know. Um, and I think the way it's presented is extremely mature and very. Um, it poses a lot of questions because it wants you to explore that in your personal life. And I'm like, that's a little bit of a, um, it's, it's a huge, like a very human relatable topic, but it's also like, it takes a lot of guts for a director to be like, I want you to consider your, the point of your life, you know? And I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to put that at the end of, of my film, even though you wanted, you know, this quirky action mob movie, I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to almost depress you in a way, but really also try to uplift you to try to like consider that. Um, it's, it's very, very direct. Um, and, and, I, and, and he does it to his own, to his own work. You know, yeah. he does it to his own career. He, you know, obviously with the context of it being a, a mob movie, you know, it's something that he's, he's being reflective about. So no, I, I think you're right in the fact that, um, it is mature and that's why I think you and I, and a lot of people responded to it. Cause I think a lot of times when you hear like, Oh, the meaning of life, like it, it's treated almost like a, a cliche or like something yeah. that's not really, um, you know, thought deep, deeply about, but this movie is like, is way the opposite. It's like, you know, it, it's, it's really, it's posing a deep moral question. Um, and I don't think many movies, I don't think many, um, I don't think a lot of media at all really delves deep into that because it's a scary question. So yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I wanted to talk more about Goodfellas, but I don't think it can compare. And it's a very enjoyable movie. I mean, I, I like, I, we talk about it a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. It just, when you put that kind of like, I don't know. It's like having like, oh, do you want like a cheeseburger that's really good and fun? You need it more often, or like, do you want the best steak in the world? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah, just kind yeah. of like I don't know. Maybe you don't want the best steak in the world every night. You <laughs> would rather have that cheeseburger more often, but sometimes it's good to have like a a really nice meal. You know, and that's how I feel about the Irishman. If that kind of makes sense, so I to- I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, up next is a Patreon voted movie for me. It's Jennifer's Body. Um, I have watched this movie twice. I've revisited it. I don't think this one's going to make the top five, but I had to shout it out. What a fun, weird movie. Very much like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And it's out there. It's crazy. And I kind of appreciate it for that. Um, yeah, it's interesting for me in the context of, of you know, it. it's kind of it was kind of a joke, uh, throwaway movie that I put on the list. Um, and it ended up being like one that you really enjoyed and one that I, I revisited too very positively, um, or much more positively than I, than I initially, um, sort of gave it credit for. So yeah, no, it's, it's a really, (laughs) it's really strange how that worked out. (laughs) Yeah. And the movie seems to be referenced in pop culture more now than ever so it's kind of it definitely has that cult classic feeling with it it's it is a little bit of a immature movie but i think that's its design like there's something yeah almost like um 
like it's trying to be like an edgy preteen, but it was designed in that like it was designed specifically to do that. And then there's also a lot of like anti um, like pop star or Hollywood culture in there as well. Like, yeah, it's like the small town suffers from the famous people. And I think that's like such like cynical commentary put in a movie. That's just it's 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 very, very strange. I don't know if everyone is going to like this this film, but it is like if you go in knowing that it's trying to be edgy, um, I think you'll you'll enjoy it. So uh, then we visited Wilder's movies, which is a director nobody's heard of um, except for the film people. And I was really surprised by Witness for the Prosecution and then to see Wilder's kind of golden egg in the apartment um it was fun to learn about him as a director i think witness for the prosecution is vastly underrated it's a that movie i've never heard anyone talk about at all Mm. and i think most people need to see it but i can understand why the apartment won a bunch of academy awards and again it's it is a movie it's a difficult movie to get through um in terms of like i would say emotion it it is a little bit of a depressing story but it has a very um like there's a very important message in terms of like i I, it's like the director is talking about complacency in life and you know taking action for moral things that are important and i think like just those kind of statements in movies. Um, like, I wish there was more of that, you know? Like, that's that's really how I feel about it, is I wish there was a way that um, mo- movie creators could place these, these, big, these big questions for the audience to chew on, therefore, after, you know? Uh, it's, it's a special movie to me. I think I'm there's a hipster side in me that wants to recommend witness for the prosecution more, but the apartment definitely has more of that staying power yeah. uh, in, in your mind. But man, people got to watch witness for the prosecution. That's such a good, it's such a fun movie. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Well, and I think you, you brought it up just generally is that I think people should take Billy Wilder more seriously. Um, they should sort of i think he's he's one of the forgotten um great filmmakers he's my favorite director of all time he you know he's like i it's something that is that is depressing to me that people don't don't um know his work more you yeah. know maybe they've heard of the apartment but i i doubt you know if you pulled a hundred, a hundred people on the street. How many, how many do you think would have seen the apartment? I don't know. Maybe one. I'm not sure, but I also want to say that the, whoever designed the poster for the apartment is the worst. Like (laughs) that it's essentially a poster that's supposed to look like some like it hot, you know? And I don't know if you've seen it. Like, it's like the girl's like shrugging her shoulders and then there's, uh, Don Lemon next to her and the other guy that's like the corporate. Um, well, there's a couple, there's a couple different posters, obviously, but, um, yeah, I mean, for, the 
yeah, it, that that which that's kind of just indicative of the time period, though. Like that's how all of the movies were marketed back in the day. I would say so. But this movie, I think, really deserves, you know, a cover that is like the lonely park bench or you know the long mm. empty offices with a guy sitting. Like I just. This movie has so much more than a girl shrugging her shoulders. Oh, no, like it's a love triangle because that's not really the movies like it's part of the plot, but it's not like like not at all what you think of when you think of a love triangle. You know, it's it's extremely um, mature and depressing and uh, pretty, pretty dramatic as well. Um, So, yeah, the apartment, it's it sticks with you. It sticks with you real good. So yeah, it's, I agree. it's it's important. At number eight, I had Children of Men, which is a movie that I had seen the poster for many times and really known nothing about. Um, I get this this movie mixed up before ever seeing it with the Book of Eli <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> um, which are they're very two different movies. Uh, which I do like the Book of Eli, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Children of Men is a Honestly, I think one of the most flawless films I've ever seen made. <laughs> I kind of agree, yeah. It is surprisingly, um, it, like, just crafted, surprisingly crafted with a level of excellence that can easily be unnoticed, but it's also, like, it. I picked it up pretty quick that I'm like, wow, they're shooting a lot of this handheld and I don't know when this movie is ever cut, you know, mm, um, yeah. there, there's just there's something about the cinematography that is very stylish and very effective. And the movie, again, starts to dive into like this is my least favorite trope with like apocalyptic end of the world movies is they're basically like, what would you do if we were in apocalypse? Like, wouldn't you be so sad? Wouldn't this be so scary? You'd be thinking about your kids. You'd be thinking about your family. You know, you'd be thinking about how hard life would be in that time, you know? And for a movie about sort of like the world really breaking down and falling apart, there's more of a analysis of like humanity as an entity versus individuals struggling in that and i think that that is a much harder thing to explore than doing the personal like i have a child in the zombie apocalypse so therefore like daddy and son issues in the midst of trauma you know or you know there's two people in love in the midst of an apocalypse and so love is love with trauma is much deeper you know it's it really doesn't dive into the like to, in in all honesty there is humanity on an individual level in this movie but it is not the focus at all hmm. um the focus is does humanity have the ability to find hope in such great despair and that like there is this attitude there's like this this theme of almost like gratitude versus greed in the movie i know that's kind of like a strange way of putting it but it's like there are people out there in the world fighting to get things right whether it's power 
you know, sections of property. Really, it's it's a drive for power, um, I think. And then there's also like this counter movement that is shining a light into the world that's like, like gratitude from the, the smallest thing is like, you know, fertility, right? I mean, it's not a small thing, but obviously like it's, it's, um, I don't know. Does that kind of make sense what I'm saying, Cameron? Yeah, no, I get, well, I think about every time I watch it, I think about the scene where he walks down the stairs, yeah. you know, with the, with the crying baby. And it literally makes me ball like every single time. And I think there's like, there's such power in, um, just the, the filmmaking and, and even as you're saying, sort of the, um, the philosophical undertones or the, the sort of the, the deeper, um, thematic ideas that it's, that it's pointing out, um, I think are just like, so, so well done. Um, the writing is really good. The, the story I think is, is really, is, um, well done enough to, to sort of get the plot, uh, to, to where it needs to go, um, and keep you invested the whole time. And then, yeah, like you said, just the filmmaking is, is so flawless. Um, no, I think it's, I think it's, I, it might be one of the greatest movies of the 20th century. It's definitely one of the greatest movies of the 20th century. Um, and yeah, I, I think it deserves its spot in, in this list for sure. Wouldn't it be the 21st century? 21st century. Yeah. 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 Um, no, 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 it's no problem. I, uh, I think this is a movie you should like buy the highest quality version of it on Amazon and have it in your collection. Yeah. I, I don't even believe in like really buying movies anymore because <laughs> of streaming, but like this is one where it's like, yes, it is worth it. It's, it's a masterpiece. Um, so yeah. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's rare to find a modern film that also has some of the. Well, I mean, I guess the Irishman was what twenty nineteen as well. Yeah, it's it, it has something about it. You gotta watch it. Um, number nine, I actually have Red River, Cameron. Surprisingly, Red River. I'm not surprised at all. This movie, um, of course, there's some nostalgia thinking about my grandpa Knowlton, um, who loved John Wayne, but this. I, I don't this is such like a weird western film. The ending is just out of nowhere. Um I love the structure of the plot and uh the drama between a young hopeful cowboy and an old, you know, calloused uh guy who's who's sort of losing it after trying so hard for so many years. Um and and also the love that that exists between these two um, these two men, even though there's tension and, and also like some hatred in it, like there's, there's a care. So the, the character writing is just excellent and the journey is very fun. I don't know if it punches with the same weight because of its lighthearted ending, but I really, I really like this being the first Western we watched in the Western months. I was like, this is like, what I've always wanted in, in Western movies is like mm. the cowboy setting, but then this, like this, this epic journey and deep character growth. Like I, I think I might've compared it to like Lord of the Rings esque in, in its journey. It's a, it's an epic, like they have so many cows on screen in this film, <laughs> right? They, they're carrying like tons of cows across this land. And then 
they have an end goal in mind and there's like a, there's a fellowship, right? And they're trying to get there and they run into all these challenges and then the fellowship breaks, you know, like it's it and it's all done in this one movie. It's it's um, it's really well done. And I can't believe it's Hawks because he just seems to do everything, which is crazy. <laughs> it's just, it, 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 it does begin to blow your mind the more you see what he's done. Yeah, no, it's it's true, which is another reason why I wanted to to include him in our in our months. I feel like I've picked looking back on it. I've picked some weird directors to to like do a focus on. But yeah. the reason why I picked all of the directors that I that I did one was Scorsese is about sort of single minded um, uh, like almost even just perfection or 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 the cross of of fun entertainment with something uh deeper and more um more interesting and also the elevation of sort of what film can be to me i i think scorsese is is definitely up there in terms of my directors wilder is just because i i love him and i i think he's he's worth watching um and and hawks i threw him in there because um partly because he's he's an underdog, but he's also so prolific. Like he's done so much. Um, and I think he actually gives the following his career. He gives you a good example of how things sort of evolved in Hollywood. Um, and how, how sort of the classical Hollywood period, um, you know, like what, what were the standout, uh, features of the classical Hollywood period better than almost anybody else. Even, you know, people like, like Hitchcock or Hitchcock, who is like, you know, virtuosic, but is someone who was kind of um, not pigeonholed, but he had his he had his area of expertise, you know, and Hawks, he he had many areas of expertise, yeah. you know, so so I think I don't know. That's why I chose him. Uh, maybe I don't, I don't know. I kind of like going with the underdog directors, uh, but and I think I might. <laughs> Um, we'll see what I do next month because I, I have an idea that that might be a little different and a little bit unique. Um, and I think on this speaking of like checkpoints in video games, I want to I want to elevate to something maybe a little bit more difficult to get into initially, but has a lot of really great benefits um, in terms of your film journey. So we'll, we'll talk about that, I guess. Oh, uh, boy. Off air. Oh, boy. I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about movies I like, Cameron, not about yeah, movies no, I'm going exactly. to dislike. You know? No, no, you you will like all of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Red River's on the list uh, of the ones I wanted to narrow down. And then finally, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Surprisingly, Cameron did not expect me to like this movie I, this, this film is the cowboy movie that everybody should watch, even though it's not flawless. Uh, it's just, it's awesome. And I don't know, like I, it's so weird because it's, it is, it almost, this is what's frustrating to me. This movie is is so well known and it is so different than most cowboy movies. And that's what's so mm. like, that's what draws you in about it. But it is also like, it's, it's such a strange package of things. Like I could not stop thinking about how the film has this foreign feeling that, I mean, cause it was made in Italy. Right. 
as a spaghetti western, but it's it's super stylized. So for me, for some reason, I was thinking a lot about like anime when I was watching it. I don't even like anime, but the characters have like these larger than life designs and they're like every single scene in this movie has such memorable like tension and delivery from the opening scenes of the guys trying to go like break into uh, the saloon. You don't really know even what they're doing. And then the ugly being revealed to uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, um, shooting ropes for people who are about to be hung. Like, and then the scene where Clint Eastwood's being like, you know, dragged through the desert, the whole side plot of, um, them visiting a like civil war battle. Also the scene with the music and the ugly getting beat up by, uh, you know, angel eyes. And then the finale of it is just like a master class like mixing of cinema and music because the score is just unforgettable. It's one of the first scores. It is the first score on this podcast that I have visited outside of watching. Hmm. Like it's on my, it's like I listen to it on Spotify sometimes now when I drive, which there's been no movie that's done that for me on, on this. Right. I mean, like everybody knows 2001, a space odyssey, but it wasn't the score that I was like, I want to listen to this in my free time. Like the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Like I was listening to it in my free time. It's, it's fantastic. So again, it's a movie that just strikes the feeling. The feeling is right. And that goes a long way in my books for being recommended, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's a, a, a great choice. It, and it's funny your, your comment about it reminds you of anime. Um, this movie was, uh, well, not just this movie, but, but the, the first of the Dollars trilogy, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but it was based not just based it was taken directly from akira kurosawa um from a a samurai movie Um, oh so so it's not surprising that you you get that feeling but um you know it it was it was you know uh a fistful of dollars is a yojimbo remake (laughs) they were sued for it actually like (laughs) so it's it's pretty amazing um i can't I knew Cameron. Why didn't you say on the show? I was like, I feel like I'm being like my. Well, we weren't concern, talking about a fistful of dollars. <laughs> I know, but like my concern was, I was like, am I being like, like racist because it's a foreign <laughs> film and the only thing I like foreign media that I've really seen. I don't is think we really French. talked about that though. Um, like, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think we talked about how it had like the Japanese influence. Um, but no, but you're right. I mean, it did. It did at the time. It's funny that you that you could see that through like probably through like a, a ten layers of glass. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like like you saw that from from super far away, even though like it was probably wasn't even all that like all that. Um, yeah, you know, like you probably c- couldn't even really tell. You just had the feeling. No, I I I think that that's a testament to how. Um, inspired the movie was from from sort of all angles i guess yeah i guess i would sue it too if i was a, <laughs> a, a japanese creator like wait that's my stuff you know i mean obviously not the good the bad the other. you said which one was sued a fistful of dollars all right yeah the first one yeah yeah so yeah those those are the 12 that really stuck out of for me out of the list of 
51 films that we've watched. I've already been doing some shaving as we've kind of talked through them. I'm down to seven. I have okay. The Great Dictator, Casablanca, The Shining, The Irishman, The Apartment, Children of Men, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Lots of those. A lot of those in there. Yeah, that's. I would say that's a really, really great list. And honestly, like if you were to to give that list to anybody, um, that would be super solid. I think, like, like literally, that would be a, a fantastic list of movies. Just, but we're just doing like movies you need to see. Cameron, know? we are doing the top five. Yeah. So I'm gonna rank them, and okay. that, this is yeah, what's, do it. Difficult. As I'm looking at this list, I'm sorry, Kubrick fans, but The Shining is leaving. And I really, it's hard. I gave, I tried to give it as much credit as I could, but I just couldn't. Like, this is, now it's getting a little bit into subjective places. Yeah, man. Sure. So here's what I need to clarify. Do I rate these top five from like a collective casual perspective like it's like no I, no they're your faves they're okay. your faves all right we just need to clarify that i'm not saying like these are the for everyone picks out of the 51 films we've we've watched this this is me getting personal for sure okay man this is hard the great dictator casablanca the irishman the apartment children of men the good, the bad, the ugly. So here's here's where I'm freezing up. Casablanca, I compared to chicken noodle soup. It it's like, and then like I would say the Irishman and the apartment are like definitely that heavy steak. Should I have two heavy steaks uh and get rid of the chicken noodle soup? Or should I, you know, kind of mix it up and be like, let's leave the chicken noodle soup and only pick one uh steak. Um, I know I would, I would, I mean, you know, it's, it's up to you. It's your, it's your list. But, um, I think my answer is that both the, I would say both the Irishman and, and the apartment deserve to be on the list for sure. Um, but I agree with you because as I'm thinking about Casablanca, it's at the low of the five. All right, so here's the list I have so far. The Great Dictator, The Irishman, The Apartment, Children of Men, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. I think The Good, The Bad, The Ugly stays at five, if I'm being honest. It is a stylish thing, but it's not a flawless movie. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that it is surprisingly one of my new favorites from the podcast, um, but it is not flawless. Maybe I'm high off, off seeing it so recently, but it really did leave a good good mark on me. Okay, let's see. Man, this is this is really tough. I wonder if this is the order as it is. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change one thing. Mm -hmm. Sorry for the silence here. The uh... all right. This is my definitive list. Okay. At least for the first year of doing this podcast. At number one, I have the Great Dictator, and the okay. and it and and it is a. I think it is a movie that is criminally forgotten. Mm. It should be required viewing in school, in my opinion. Like it is like <laughs> it is so 
important like it feels so important for 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 its time for today uh it there's so much to learn from this film and it's it's somehow with all of that heaviness uplifting joyful and very fun like it is it 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 covers a spectrum of filmmaking that is so dynamic like it has such a a wide like grasp on so many things in movies and it's so old and it's done so well i'm just like i can't even you can't like almost there's a part of me that's like you can't even compete with it you know Mm. there's a term that we use when you're either recording music right or filming uh with cameras and it's called dynamic range right and it's like that idea of like i can't even really explain it but it's how much information can be squeezed into the file in some regard, whether the, the, like, for example, we, we just got a new soundboard at the, the church I work at and the dynamic range difference of all the instruments. There's like so much headroom. There's so much air. There's so much clarity versus the old soundboard, which was muddy and brittle and sharp. If that kind of makes sense. Right. So the reason I'm talking about this idea of dynamic range is that, it captures with so much clarity so many different areas of, you know, whatever you're recording. In music, it would be frequencies. The frequency clarity across the spectrum is wider and more, you know, like, clear. And with cameras, it's the same. It would be like the the image... I mean, you could probably speak to this more than me, Cameron, but the image quality is sharper uh, it represents the colors more accurately. It captures the most amount of detail and light. Uh, well, it's like it's like the darkest parts um, to the lightest parts, essentially. Like yeah. how much information in the darkest parts can you keep? How much information in the lightest parts can you keep? Um, so I'm going on this tangent because I believe that the great dictator captures the darkest darks and the lightest lights all in one film, you know? Yeah. And it's not even that long. What is it like two hours or less than two hours? I think it's less. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's extremely important. So it's number one for me. Um, and number two is the Irishman because for me, it is posing a question that all of us need to face at one point or another, you know, and it's unapologetic in that. And it's going to put it in your face. If you're not ready to face that, I can see why, you know, I can see why that's difficult for you. But for me personally, it's like, you don't, you shouldn't be running. Like you need to start thinking about this as soon as possible. I mean, part of that maybe is subjective with my own faith and, um, and things like that. But I think the meaning of life is something that you might never, ever have the answer a hundred percent to, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't really sit down and begin to explore and ask questions and, 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 and something like that. So, I don't ha- I don't have all the answers at all, but I thought the way that this movie reminded me to explore that is profound. Number three is Children of Men because I just think it's fl- it's it's so well made, um, and it's extremely it's extremely good. I I uh, I I find that this movie. Um, if you haven't seen it and you're a modern viewer, it will not disappoint you, even on a surface level. 
It is, even if you miss all the filmmaking techniques, if you miss uh, most of the plot, like you're going to feel something watching this movie. Uh, you don't, uh, being a casual, it's like, I don't watch movies to feel something. You know, I don't like that kind of movie watching. I think that just means you've watched too many movies if that's all you're looking for in a film. <laughs> um, but this one hits on so many, so many levels. Um, emotionally and just, it's it's like, it feels like craftsmanship. That's really what this movie feels like is craftsmanship. So um, I was really impressed by Children of Men. My respect for the film continues to grow after only seeing it once, which is surprising. Number four is The Apartment. Uh, shout out to Wilder. I think that this movie's greatest flaws are it's, it, it does feel a little long, but it has so much to say about an individual and the way they respond to situations. And it, it, like, it's really that it's an urgent call to take action in one's life, right? Um, it's the themes and the things that it explores are much larger than the scope of the movie. And I think that's what really credits this this film is a masterpiece. It's, it's it, the the ideas are beyond the scope of the film. Say I would say the same with the Irishman and the Great Dictator, um, and even to some regard, Children of Men. But like Wilder just has a way of of I think I think why this movie sticks with me so much is that it's not just it's not just a oh this is like a existential thing that you're supposed to think about and really be moved by like Wilder is like, no, I'm calling, I'm giving you a call to action to not be uh, complacent in immoral situations. Like I'm telling you to take action when morality is challenged. Right. Um, that's and he's someone who, who's, you know, lived up to it too. You know, he's someone who, who was outraged by things that were happening in, you know, in his studio and and basically said like i'll never work for you again like i'm out you know yeah. and and so like so like it's coming from a place of experience and and i think that that shows and and i totally agree he's he's such a um he i feel like he's such a pragmatist in his sort of um evaluation in this in this movie you know he's he's someone who's like who's like it's not it's not complicated. It's not, I'm not talking about, you know, like how, um, you know, one thing is better than the other. It, I'm, I'm saying this is, this is what's right. And this is what's wrong. Like, and there's, you know, and, and to me, there's, you know, there's a, there's a clear choice here. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. He's not talking about sort of like the, the heady philosophical, you know, reasons for this. He's, he's looking at it as it is, um, in real people's lives. Yeah, I would say what's so powerful about the message of this film is that it is applicable directly to the individual in their life. Uh, the Great Dictator does have a strong moral call to action, but it is so broad in a collective sense of humanity needs to get it together uh, and we should love one another, right? And the Irishman is more pondering, like, we should probably think about what we're doing here. Children of Men is like, I. it's almost like a statement of, we believe that no matter how bad it gets, like humanity can prevail in a way. The apartment is like you right now with your decisions and the things you're faced with need to stand up for 
what what is good and what is bad you know or whatever stand up for what is good really um it's in your face and it takes its time to win your trust in order to say that you know yeah um it it really it is um it's not preachy and it's so direct right that's like that's um i think as far as communication goes very difficult to accomplish Number five is the good, the bad, the ugly. I think my number five spot will probably change eventually. This movie, I am just impressed a lot with it. Um, it's special. You need to see it. Um, we had a whole episode on it. It's very weird. It, conti- it It is so long, but it consistently catches the attention of someone who has ADHD. I think, or I don't have ADHD, but I'm like, as a film viewer, I'm kind of bored sometimes. I'm like, let's, <laughs> all right, let's, you know, let's see what happens. And this movie is so long and drawn out. And I never once felt bored, um, which is just a evidence that the film is so well put together. It's an epic. It is legendary. I think people, need to stop saying the title of this film and actually watch it. Um, that's, that's the best way I can put it. And the good, it's the bad, a movie the ug- that someone has a picture in their mind of, but they, they don't know. Like, they, yes, they don't, they yes. don't have any, they don't have any idea of what it is. Um, and once you watch it, it's so, so different from that parody or that, you know, uh, that even just the opening, title credits you're you're like wow this i've heard this before somehow this is familiar but it's so unique and different you know it's it's amazing everything i expected this movie to be it was not (laughs) and and i still liked it you know yeah Yeah. um i always thought the mexican standoff that is famous uh in this movie would happen in a dusty Western town in the middle of the town square. And it does not happen that way at all. Um, it happens in a much different setting than you expect. And it is exactly where it needs to be like everything. Yeah. It's just, and who knew that the civil war was talked about so much in this movie? Like (laughs) what the heck? Like there's just so much commentary on war and its brutality and it's not what you at all um, and ex- obviously, of course, the the idea there is is about, you know, not just the Civil War. Obviously, you know, it's about World War Two and it's about sort of the legacy of war on, yeah. um, you know, in Italy. And, and it comes from Leone's own sort of background working in neorealism and whatever else. But there, and there's so much there's so much we could get into with that movie that is is really lovely and impressive. Um, yeah, the 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 commentary on warfare is not at all related to like slavery and, you know, abolitionists and the North versus South. It's more of a conversation about like, well, this is a very maybe crude interpretation, but it, it does to, to me, I felt like it was like everybody's people, you know, like everybody, like these people are just dying and it's almost like there's no point. Um, we're, like we're all human at the end of the day. Like, what are we doing? You know, turning on each other like this. So, um, strange commentary for a movie about cowboys shooting each other and looking for gold. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's very unique. So, watch it, Cameron. I know we're we're at an hour four for recording. It'll probably be cut down a little bit because we hit record and then take a minute or two before we start. 
you you spent some time preparing a list because obviously I've been talking a lot being the lab rat and trying to interpret you know the films that we've watched what I'm I'm very curious about your top five from the 51 films because you obviously have a heart for a lot of these movies that we've watched some of them have been memes but you've genuinely put together a list that you care about so yeah it's true well I do want to just say like it's really impressive that we've been able to, you know, or just looking back at it, you you can put a catalog of 50 movies in your um, in your mind to say like, oh, like this draws from this or this, you know, is so like, yeah, that it's it's really it's really interesting and impressive that, um, you know, we've gone through and really dissected and talked about 50 of these movies um so you are doing scholarship you are learning um a lot uh through through watching these um and i think you know for me when i was first getting into it one of or getting into movies just in general one of my goals was to go through the imdb top 250 um and you know, I still haven't seen every movie on it. It, it also changes every now and then. But um, my I I went through the first like 125, 130. Um, and it gave me a lot of valuable insight on like what what a great movie can be and what it can can do. So what my my only point in bringing that up is to say, like, the more you watch, the more you become sort of um thinking about these things so um yeah eventually the the experiment is going to be over because you'll be you'll be an expert just like me <laughs> we'll have to bring on some new uh some new talent that has, yeah. knows nothing about films that'll be fun but my i would say my list is fairly similar to yours um these are just like some of my favorites um and there's so much that I wish I could include on it, but it's it's only five movies. Um, at number five, Children of Men. We already talked about it extensively, but I, yeah. I agree, it's a masterpiece. It's a it's a perfect movie. Um, there's something there's something um, effervescent about it that is just so 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 wonderful. Um, and I could go back to it at at any point. Um, and it's a movie that I could recommend to almost anybody. Um, so yeah, that's number five for me. Number four, the thing I I've gushed about this movie so much. It's, it's one that it's like the same way that I, that I consider like, um, doom 2016, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so fun. So, so wonderful. And it's, it's one that I love revisiting every single time. I'm like excited to watch the thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just so good. Um, number three, the apartment, uh, again, we talked about it pretty extensively. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk too much more about it, but you're right. It's, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's a, it's a great movie. Um, one that has so much to say, um, and so much that it's inspired by, you know, Billy Wilder's real life and, and real personality. Um, and I think it, it comes across, um, it, it comes across that this is something that he's he's really thought about and tackled. Um, number two, a movie that we didn't mention yet, uh, Bringing Up Baby, uh, which no. I think is so wonderful and fun. And it's it's one of the oldest movies that I can just say, hands down, 
anybody could get into and anybody could watch um, and have fun with. And there's something really impressive about a movie from 1938 that that someone from today can go back to and be like, oh, man, that was really like fun and interesting and unique and like very subversive and not what I was expecting, you know, so. It's a movie that surprised me on first viewing and and I've fallen in love with it. Um, it's up there for me as as one of one of my favorites of all time. Uh, and number one, another movie we haven't mentioned yet. It was our second episode. Um, Sunset Boulevard. Uh, mm. I think Sunset Boulevard is, again, a perfect movie. Um, it's one that that gives me chills when I think about it's one that makes me want to go back and revisit it. Um, and it, it's so, it's so impressive how, um, how much commentary is just like dripping from, from this movie. Obviously it's about, it's about Hollywood and it's about filmmaking in some, in some regard, but it's not at all navel gazing. It's very much, um, you know, which is which is, I think, the main criticism that a lot of people have of like, you know, maybe Birdman or something that's like that's like very much talking about the creative process from a creative's perspective. Um, oftentimes it can look like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, you're just you're just talking about yourself. But um, this movie is not at all. It doesn't feel that way. It feels so critical. It's it's such a cynical movie. It's such an interesting movie. And it's so much fun um i just i love it i i think it's it's one of the greatest movies of all time so um yeah that's my list sunset boulevard number one yeah you didn't even have the great dictator on there cameron no i didn't you're hurting me you're hurting (laughs) me well somebody has to represent so yeah it's good I, i mean i you know these are just my favorites of like the things that i will it's it's basically the things that I want to go back and watch again. Um, yeah, is is how I put my put put it on my list. So, yeah, all five of these movies are, and there's more. There's more than just these five, but yeah, um, yeah. No, I think that was a that was a good a breakdown. Um, I don't know. There's there's so much there's so much more. Like you know, I, I feel like movies are are a hobby that once you you it's almost like you 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 know you take one piece of wallpaper off and and it it just opens you into a whole new room and there's like and then it's just like an endless expanse of things that you can you can dive into and get so deep into um that's why i find it so fun and interesting is cuz there's so much more that you can always learn um so i'm excited to continue to 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 dive deep into this, uh, into this world. Just, I mean, we, we got to wrap this up, but one of the things that I found interesting is considering the IMDB top, you know, 10, whatever's on there. And the, uh, like the Godfather is on the top 10 pretty, pretty heavily. Um, I think the part one and part two are one. And, and you two. and I, we didn't, we didn't really talk about or those films. Three, um, uh, on our list and we watch both of them Cameron do you like do you feel like those films are overrated I mean I don't mean to like call them out specifically but when I saw them on our list I was like 
yeah, they're there. And I didn't really necessarily have as much of a response that like, you know, cause they're, they're on the top 10, you know, I mean, for me, I was like surprised how little I seemed to care about including or talking about them in the top five, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I would kind of agree. Um, I don't know. It's, it's tough because I don't want to say that they're overrated, but for me, I've always said consistently, I like Goodfellas better than either of the Godfathers mm. um, because it's just a more enjoyable movie. Um, I think it's, a, to be fair though, The Godfather is a movie that I watched for the first time and I thought was was good, you know, didn't really have any anything else to say about it and then i watched it a couple more times and i sort of thought about it deeper and there's there's so it's a dense movie and it's one that has a lot of um it's like it's like i said it's it's like a novel you know so i i understand why people love it and why people appreciate it um, yeah it's just for me goodfellas is a more enjoyable movie personally <laughs> you I know so so it's not it's not going to break my you know top 10 or top 5 or whatever but i do appreciate it for what it is yeah sure. i was just i was curious about that cuz when i think of what people talk about like the best ones ever like yeah i mean again this this list that we created is limited to the films we watch on this podcast as, as well so yes yes yeah and there's there's other conversations that can happen. Well, Cameron, I think it's been a fun retrospective. I'm getting the burps and I'm starving. So um, I think it's time to wrap it up. Uh, we post every Monday. Thank you guys for listening. Any closing thoughts, Cameron? No, I'm yeah, I'm excited to like I said, I'm excited to to move deeper into into the hobby for sure. If you're Patreons or if, or if you're a patron, uh, you can message us what you think of this uh, kind of retrospective and what we're doing for the month of August. And if you're not a patron, you can message us on Instagram. All that good stuff at ECFS Productions. We're on Instagram and Facebook. But I never check Facebook, so don't message me there. Um, yeah, we have all the socials. So uh, we're interested to know what you guys think. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the retrospective episode, and we'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast executive produced by Darren O'Neill. If you want your name read in the credits of the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions to achieve this status. Thank you, Darren, for the support. And for the rest of you, we appreciate your support as well. Have a good one. Hey.